One. What's up, guys? Welcome to Inside You, the college podcast. I'm your host, Xavier Roddick. I apologize for not getting this episode up sooner. As you can probably hear a little bit in my voice, I have been suffering from the side effects of doing my part for Benny Snell's Heisman campaign, but we'll get into that in a minute. So let's get started right away. First things first, as per usual, I was right and I was wrong. I was right that Temple would defeat Tulsa. Temple looked good in this game, coming off that big win over Maryland. Since then, they've continued to improve. I was wrong that Virginia Tech was going to beat Old Dominion. I think a lot of people were wrong about this game. Now Virginia Tech has a tough slate ahead of them going into a game against Duke, which will be the battle of backup quarterbacks. Remember, one of the news coming out of the game was that starting quarterback for the Hokies, Josh Jackson, had fractured his tibia, and Duke's quarterback, Daniel Jones, has been out for some time with a clavicle injury. Also, Justin Fuente announced that the Hokies' leading pass rusher, Trayvon Hill, was also dismissed from the team. So tough stretch for the Hokies, definitely starting to see that lack of some depth that we thought would be an issue going into the season. Moving on, I was right that FAU would, would, excuse me, I was right that UCF would defeat FAU in a battle of what many thought would be a group of five showdown. UCF continued to show why they're the best group of five team out there. Mackenzie Milton continues to look stellar. Right now, the Golden Knights certainly are in place of their destiny as a New Year's 16 coming out of that group of five. However, I still think, like many have said, they're probably not going to be in the playoff. So then Texas Tech, in a huge upset, Cliffs Kingbury's team pulled off an upset over an Oklahoma State team that had just a week ago pulled off an upset of their own over a very good Boise State team. Since Alan Bowman took over from McLean Carter, Texas Tech has looked like a completely different team. Should be interesting to see where they go from here, but this is a huge win. They've now had two wins, two big wins over Houston with Heisman Trophy contender at Oliver, as well as Oklahoma State. And then USC in a Friday night showdown pulled off a tight victory over a good Washington State team. Again, the Trojans showed that while they may be the best team in the Pac-12 South, they are nowhere near a playoff contender. I think right now, if you're the Trojans, you're hoping that whoever comes out of that North, probably Stanford the way it looks right now, makes it to the playoff. And that way you can get a nice game in the Rose Bowl, playing a home game against your own fans, hopefully finish the year on a victory. Then I was wrong that TC was going to defeat Texas. Texas continues to surprise a lot of people. Many people are shocked by what they're seeing. I'm not. Remember, I predicted Texas to be an early Big 12 Super team. Colin Johnson had what might be the best catch of the year so far in that game, diving into the end zone, stretching and using all six foot six of his body to make a phenomenal catch that really was the turning point in that game. Stanford then in a huge, huge, huge showdown with Oregon in a Pac-12 North showdown managed to pull out victory on the brink of defeat. Oregon fumbling in the final few minutes allowed Stanford to set up a field goal, which sent the game into overtime. In overtime, the Cardinals did end up pulling away. A huge victory for the Cardinal, and like I've said, they are probably the Pac-12 best chance right now of making it into the playoff, especially with that big game they have against Notre Dame going down this weekend, which we'll cover shortly. And then Purdue pull up an upset victory over Boston College. This game certainly probably is what ended A.J. Dillon's Heisman Trophy campaign, not a good game for the Eagles. Many people thought that with all of the other issues in the ACC, they might be a legitimate threat, but this was certainly a step back. I was right that Wisconsin would defeat Iowa. 
closer game than many expected. The Badgers offense continues to look a little slower than many thought would be the case, but they did get the job done. And now they do have a good shot at winning out, but they will certainly need to be the big 10 champion. If they're going to have any hope of making it to the playoff, I was wrong that Minnesota was going to defeat Maryland. Maryland continues to impress. They're certainly still dealing with the fallout from the Jordan McNair controversy. If you weren't following more information was released about that just this week. It's looking more and more like Maryland's athletic department not only was unaware and did not provide any standard of care, but furthermore, they appear to have been lied to by some of the people present at that workout. Not a good look for this Terrapins program as they try and break away from this scandal that has racked, sacked the entire program and results in the loss of some key personnel and suspension of head coach DJ Durkin. So I was right that Michigan was going to get the job done against Nebraska. Nebraska continues to be winless. Not a great start to Scott Frost's tenure, but I still do believe in him as a head coach. It's just going to take longer than people expect. Keep in mind, if you want to know what the state of Nebraska football was like under Mike Riley, weightlifting was optional. I repeat, for Nebraska players, Division I athletes, weightlifting was optional. So just keep that in mind. Then I was wrong that Akron was going to upset Iowa State. Well, they certainly covered that 19.5 point spread Easily, they did not get the job done against Iowa State's backup quarterback. Another good win for Matt Campbell's team as he looks to continue to move up the coaching ladder. And then I was right that Buffalo would upset Rutgers. Rutgers right now in total disarray. Kourish Ass's job certainly going to be in jeopardy. I know that he's still dealing with the effects of that preseason scandal that ransacked the program, but not a good look for this Rutgers team. Buffalo quarterback Tyree Jackson is beginning to gain some NFL looks. Furthermore, Anthony Johnson continues to show why he's the top group of five wide receiver. And then Baylor pulled off a huge upset over Kansas. Excuse me, not an upset. Baylor pulled off a huge victory over a streaking Kansas team. Got the job done. A good win going into their showdown with Oklahoma this weekend. Florida showed everyone why Tennessee is years removed from being an SEC contender, and Utah State got the job done over Air Force. So that moves us along to the game that I saw last weekend, which was Kentucky versus Mississippi State. A huge win for this Wildcats team. A great win. The most fun I have had at a football game in many, 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 many years. Benny Snell looked phenomenal. 165 yards rushing, four touchdowns going into what is certainly going to be an interesting season for this Wildcats program, possibly even a breakthrough season. If you look at that Kentucky schedule right now, they've got a big showdown this weekend with South Carolina, who they've managed to defeat four years in a row. Then they've got a road game against A&M, and their last really tough game of the season is against Georgia. After that, they've got games against Middle Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Louisville. This certainly could be a huge year for the Wildcats. If they can win this weekend and pull off a win on the road at AM, it will be a fun, fun game for all in Lexington when Georgia comes to town. I think this would be great to see this program come out of the SEC East. Regardless of what happens, it would be huge for the program, huge for Mark Stoops, huge for these players. It was great seeing this fan base. You know, Certainly when Mississippi State scored early on, everyone got a little nervous. But from there, Benny Snell got the ball, and he ran north-south, and they got the job done. So great win. Also, this is the type of game for me that puts Benny Snell on the map as a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate. When I think of the Heisman Trophy, I think of who has to do the most work to make their team win. 
Other candidates like Will Greer at West Virginia have arguably the nation's top wide receiving class. Or Tua Tagovailoa also has a top wide receiving group, as well as huge running backs in Najee and Damian Harris. However, Benny Snell is forced to do most of the work on his own. Their offensive line certainly did him no favors last Saturday. The center was called for three holding penalties. Furthermore, Terry Wilson, while he's a serviceable quarterback, is no one to write nothing to write home about. So for them to be 4-0, 2-0 in the SEC, going into a game that I think they have a very good chance of being 5-0 this weekend. It is a huge win for that program, and it's great to see the Wildcats getting some love. And then finally, one last game I want to highlight, Oklahoma and Army. A lot of people were saying that Oklahoma took a step back in this game, even though they lost. I don't think so. How often do we see a team look not great against a triple option team? It seems like once a year that happens. It's for this reason why many schools will not schedule triple option teams on their schedule. And so for me, I'm not too worried about it, but we'll see what happens with Murray. And that leads me into the updated Heisman Trophy race. Very interesting right now. A lot of the preseason contenders have fallen by the wayside. Bryce Love, Jonathan Taylor, Trace McSorley, etc. That entered the season with a lot of hype, I think have gone really out of the picture. It's certainly right now for me a five-person race with two attack of low being in favorite. Then I have Will Greer, then Dwayne Haskins, then Kyler Murray, and now Benny Snell. Like I said, Snell finally getting some love. Of those right now, if the Kentucky is able to finish the season 10 and 11 and 1, you know, undefeated, I say you have to give it to Snell. That's just my feeling. He's been phenomenal. This is a guy who broke Randall Cobb's all time touchdown record as a junior. He hasn't even played that much football for this Wildcats team. And he's a guy that's been doing it for a long time and not getting any credit. So he's my pick. Also, you could possibly have thrown in Nick Bosa, but Bosa, as I'll get to in a minute, is out for six to eight weeks with an abdominal injury. He was forced to have surgery, and that's going to prevent him from playing a lot of football this season. So that moves us along to the top stories right now. As I mentioned, we were going to see what this transfer rule impact had on college football, and it's already started. This past week, after many schools played that fourth game, we're starting to see players transfer. McCleskey, a slot ride receiver at Oklahoma State, decided to transfer. Nance at Arkansas decided to transfer. But the big, big, big news is that Kelly Bryant, last season's ACC player, offensive player of the year, a player that took that Clemson team to a 11-1 regular season and a win in the ACC championship game will be transferring come Clemson, from Clemson. This is after head coach Dabo Sweeney announced this past week that Trevor Lawrence would be the starter for Clemson going into their game this weekend. Certainly very interesting to see. A lot of people were praising Dabo for his handling of this uh, quarterback competition between Lawrence and Bryant, I was always sitting there going, wait a minute, this is the same thing that's going at Alabama. This is not going to work out well. Whenever you have coaches trying to use a platoon system, somebody's feelings are going to get hurt. And that's what we're seeing. This also provides an interesting thing about depth now at quarterback for the Tigers. This is a team that I think many people believe the ACC's sole hopes rest on for making the playoffs. If Lawrence were to get hurt, who do they have behind him? Should be very interesting to see how this storyline comes into effect. Would not be surprised if Bryant manages to be end up back on the sideline of the Tigers, but as of right now, he appears to have left the program and be gone for good. 
So certainly interesting to see what happens from here. I've also said that it should be interesting to see what happens with Jalen Hurts going forward. He's now been relegated to the role of mop-up duty for a former SEC Offensive Player of the Year, a guy who's taken a team to two national championships. That is not something you want to see. And now Bryant and Hurts, I think, are going to be the two most sought-after players on that graduate transfer market. So that moves us along to Nick Bosa. Remember, like I said, Bosa suffering a core muscle injury. Unclear exactly what he did, but he did end up having surgery. His father said it's something that you can recover from completely, provided you do the proper rehab, but he'll be out to about six to eight weeks. That puts him back in late November, you know, December. We might not see him again till possibly Ohio State's last game of the season. A huge loss for this Buckeyes team that many, I think, thought would be trending upward with the return of Urban Meyer. Should be interesting to see how losing him comes into play. And then Scott Frost making comments this past week uh, that now, after, excuse me, Scott Frost, after the Huskers loss to Michigan, a blowout loss, 56 to 10, the final score, made comments that this was the bottom, that from here they found their footing and going forward they could quote unquote win a game. That's going into the Huskers showdown this weekend against. Purdue, which I is think one of the remaining winnable games left. However, let's not get a little bit too excited. Keep in mind the Huskers still have to face Wisconsin, Iowa, and Ohio State. Certainly going to be a trying team for Scott Frost's team, but I think what we're going to see is that he'll be able to sign a top recruiting class under the promise of playing right away, and we'll see what happens from here. This is why I think Scott Frost chose Nebraska over Florida, the other school that seriously pursued him is because he knew that he'd have a longer time to turn this program around. Dan Mullen, meanwhile, certainly having to backpedal quite a bit already after that loss to Kentucky for the first time in 31 years. And the fact that I think people are realizing that right now it's Georgia, it's Alabama, and it's everyone else. Then it's part of the season. We've started to see teams make some changes at quarterback, as I already mentioned. Trevor Lawrence taking over for Kelly Bryant as Clemson's new quarterback. Ian Book replacing Brandon Wimbush at Notre Dame. Alan Bowman replacing McLean Carter at Texas Tech. And Cozy Perry replacing Malik Rosier at Miami. excuse me, And Blake LaRussa replacing Old Dominion starting quarterback and leading Old Dominion to a huge upset over Virginia Tech. This is that time of the season where teams have either decided that they're all in with the guy they have or they should make a change to strive for more. It's very interesting to see how these changes come into effect and what happens if the guy who was replaced is called upon in the future. Certainly, the one name that does pop out to me, Ian Book, he was able to replace Brandon Wimbush a couple times last season. Who knows how long he'll remain in that wool. I think we could see Brandon Wimbush back sooner than later, possibly even this weekend. So, that moves us along to beginning to preview this weekend's matchups. First things first, we have Syracuse coming off a huge win over Florida State for the first time in 66 years, excuse me, since 1966. If you haven't seen it yet, go check out Dino Baber's comments following the game. It will make you want to run through a wall. The Orange Men are taking on Clemson in a huge ACC showdown. Clemson. Right now, if you look at their schedule, they have two big wins over Texas A&M on the road and Georgia Tech. However, like I mentioned earlier, this will be the first game that Trevor Lawrence is starting. In many ways, you think there's no way Clemson can lose this game with Lawrence's throwing ability with the defensive line. 
However, Syracuse has an ability to make good teams bad. Furthermore, Syracuse was able to pull off the upset last season, and I don't think Clemson's going to come into this game sleepily. However, I do have to wonder what Lawrence will look like in his first game starting. They do benefit from this game being a home game for the Tigers, but make no mistake, this Syracuse team will come to play. Could be a very ugly and sloppy game, but I still think the Tigers get the job done. However, Dino Baber's team continues to improve, and I think they only continue to win more games from here. Then we've got West Virginia taking on a good Texas Tech team, a team that, like I said, had a huge victory over <clears throat> Oklahoma State last weekend. Still, though, well, we've seen Texas Tech's offense put up good numbers in these last few weeks. They're taking on one of the top offenses in college football in Will Greer's team. If this gets into a scoring match, I cannot pick against the Mountaineers, and I've got West Virginia winning that game in which there will probably be very little defense actually played. Then we've got Temple taking on a Boston College team that just lost to Purdue. Not a good game for the Eagles. Not a good game for Steve Adazio's team. Temple, however, is coming off a big win over Maryland, as well as that Thursday night win over Tulsa. They're looking like that team that people pick to be a real contender in the American Conference. I've got winning this game and another upset. When I see a team like Boston College and where they're at losing to a Purdue team that was winless prior to this, it's certainly a cause for concern, whereas Temple has looked more like the team that people expected, and I've got them, again, pulling off the upset here. Then we've got UVA taking on NC State. Bryce Perkins certainly has that who's offense looking better. However, Ryan Finley and co. I think get the job done here. Ryan Finley, definitely one of the quieter quarterbacks that right now in college football, but he's still putting up very impressive numbers. Should be interesting to see where he comes up in the NFL draft at the end of this year. Then we've got Baylor taking on Oklahoma. Baylor, remember, had a huge victory over Kansas this last weekend. Oklahoma had a sloppy victory over Army. However, I still think the Sooners get the job done here, but this should be a good game for Charlie Brewer and Baylor Bears to show what they've got as they look to continue to find themselves in their old place as at the top of that Big 12. And then I think Purdue is going to get the job done against Nebraska. Chris Brom, one of the coaches that entered this season with a lot of hype behind him, certainly it was interesting to see how it was going to look with what's happening at Louisville right now with Bobby Petrino's coaching staff and his team. However, they've come out slower than expected, but they did have that big win last weekend. I think from here things go up and they get the job done over Scott Frost's team this weekend. Frost's team going to continue to remain without a victory, but I think they will end up getting a few by the end of the season. Then, Florida State taking on Louisville in a game which I think many people thought would be meaning a lot more at the time it was scheduled. Florida State not looking like anything that we would expect from a Willie Taggart team. Louisville already making their own change from Juwan Pass to Malik Cunningham at quarterback. However, that offense has looked listless, and I've got the Seminoles taking this game in what should be a very sloppy and very low-scoring game. And that moves us on to another ACC showdown between Duke and Virginia Tech. Like I mentioned, Tech going to be without Josh Jackson as well as Trevon Hill, and then you have to look at the other concerns at defensive back. Daniel Jones is still a question mark for the Blue Devils. However, he has returned to practicing, and if he plays, that would be a big step forward for the Blue Devils team that is looking to move to 4-0. Then we've got Cal taking on Oregon coming off a bye week. Cal pulled off a win over a now more impressive BYU team. They're coming off a of bye week. Oregon's coming off that overtime loss to Stanford. That was a late, late game. Should be interesting to see how that comes into play here. 
I've got the Bears pulling out the upset. I believe in this team. I believe in their defense, and I think they're going to have just enough pieces to get the job done here. Oregon, I think, is going to be still a little bit in a haze from that late overtime game to Stanford, and I think the Bears pull off the upset. Then we've got Ole Miss taking on LSU. I went back and forth on this game for a number of reasons. While the Tigers have impressed many with the improved offense under new starting quarterback, Excuse me. Uh, while the Tigers have impressed many under their new starting quarterback, Ohio State transfer Joe Burrow, I still am questionable about, about this team. Yes, they have Brossett, who looks like a monster of a running back, but they've just been good enough to get the job done. This is a game where the Tigers will not be the underdogs. Almost not look certainly took a hit after that huge blowout at the hands of Alabama. And with Coach Orgeron's team, Coach Orgeron is a very emotional coach, and because of that, he will get his team to win games they shouldn't. But at some point during the season, the bottom falls out, and they lose a game that they should not. And I think this weekend is the case. I think you're also looking at an Ole Miss team that is not playing for anything. They are not bowl eligible as they enter the first year of that two-year bowl season ban. And I think we're going to see this be the bowl game for the Rebels team, and Ole Miss pulls off the upset here. Then we've got Kentucky taking on South Carolina. Kentucky, like I said, coming off a huge momentum victory over Mississippi State. South Carolina coming off that quote-unquote street fight last weekend. I've got the the Wildcats winning this game, moving to 5-0, and now looking like a serious threat in that SEC East. Remember, many people picked South Carolina to win the East at the beginning of the season, but unfortunately after their just absolute manhandling by Georgia at home to start their SEC play, people are certainly cooled down on them. Then we've got BYU taking on Washington. Washington certainly did not start its season off with that vic- with that loss to Auburn in a t- close, close game, but they did get the job done against Arizona State this last weekend. BYU had that huge upset over Wisconsin, as well as the, really what started the end of Khalil Tate's Heisman Trophy campaign at Arizona. I've got Washington winning this game, but it should be close. Remember, BYU is going to run that triple option. Definitely difficult for a Pac-12 team to defend. They don't see it much, and Kalani Sasaki's defense has looked better. So I think the Huskies get the job done there. And that moves us along to possibly the first of two huge games this weekend, Stanford and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, like I mentioned, will be with Ian Book under center. Book appears to be a slightly better passer than Brandon Wimbush, although he doesn't have his mobility. Stanford coming off that huge overtime victory over Oregon, which many people thought they would lose. I've got the Cardinals winning this game. First off, the Cardinals have had Notre Dame's number the last few years, but really what separates this game for me is even though Bryce Love hasn't been what we expected this season, he hasn't performed to the lofty expectations many had for him, just having him on the field commands eyeballs. Furthermore, like I've said before, KJ Costello continues to improve every single week. I think that offense is going to get the job done. Furthermore, Notre Dame's defense has kind of been a good bend-don't-break team, but this weekend I think they're going to break. And I've got the Cardinals pulling off a huge victory with huge playoff implications going forward. And then we've got Ohio State taking on Penn State in possibly the most important matchup this week and a huge, huge, huge Big Ten matchup, Ohio State traveling to Happy Valley for that game. Penn State certainly scared a lot of people with their opening season triple overtime 
victory over Appalachian State. Since then, though, the offense have recovered. However, their defense is still a huge cause for concern. That's what I think makes the difference here. Ohio State's got Dwayne Haskins, who cemented himself as a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate. Furthermore, they've got J.K. Dobbins, Mike Weber's coming back from injury. Sure, the defense might take a slight hit without Nick Bosa on the field, but I don't think that's going to matter. I think the Buckeyes get the job done, and Urban Meyer continues to show why he's one of the top, if not the top coach out there in college football. Now, since this is a short week and we've got college football starting tonight with a game between UNC and Miami, Miami most likely to get the job done there with Nkozi Perry behind center. I'm also going to cover the top group of five games this weekend. We've got Memphis taking on Tulane. Coach Norvell's team certainly entered the season with a lot of hype. People thought expected big things after that addition of Brady White from Arizona State. Started off a little bit slow, but getting their footing. I think the Tigers get the job done over Willie Fritz's team. Then we've got Army taking on Buffalo. Army, remember, coming off that heartbreaking loss to Oklahoma last weekend. I think Buffalo gets the job done. Tyree Jackson's going to continue to show why he's streaking up many draft boards with his six foot seven, 245-pound frame. Yes, those numbers are correct. Then we've got an interesting showdown between Old Dominion and ECU. Audie Montgomery's team certainly needs a couple of victories here for him to save his job. Old Dominion coming off a big victory over Virginia Tech. I think the hangover effect is going to come into play. Old Dominion's going to come out and look listless, revert back to their usual selves, and the Pirates will get the job done here. Then we've got Nevada taking on Air Force. Certainly a very interesting team for both teams' head coach. you got Jane Orville who ended the season with a lot of question marks about his future, as well as Troy Calhoun at Air Force continuing to kind of be in a holding pattern. Here I'm going with the Wolfpack. I think Nevada just barely gets the job done in a closer-than-expected game. Then we've got Toledo taking on Fresno State. Toledo certainly one of the better teams out of that MAC, but I think Fresno State gets the job done. With the loss of Dewan Washington to San Diego State, it should be interesting to see what impact that has on the Aztecs and the rest of that Mountain West. Fresno State probably now the favorite to come out of that side of the Mountain West. And then finally, as I said earlier, Temple taking on Boston College, and I have Temple winning that game. So that covers everything for this week. We will be back on Monday to discuss all of these games as well as continue to preview the top stories. Furthermore, now that we're entering the bye week, we're going to see teams starting to make coaching changes as they look to move on from their past and move forward into their future. I'll list a couple of coaches who I think will certainly be on the chopping block very soon. And as per usual, we'll keep you posted on any emerging stories. So you guys have a great weekend. A lot of football this weekend. Like I said, starts off tonight with Miami and North Carolina. And from there, just get better and better and better all weekend. You guys, I will see you soon. Inside You, the College Sports Podcast, signing out. Bye.